Discord. Hey, welcome to Two Moms and the F-Bomb. I'm Natalie. And I'm Crystal. And we are happy to be back with y'all this week. Got a lot to talk about today. Yes, we do. It's, <laughs> it's been a week for sure. How's your week been? <laughs> it's going great. It's going great. It, it started off a little rocky, but it's it's winding down a little bit better and it's only Wednesday so yeah all good things little Miss Crystal had a birthday even though she doesn't want to acknowledge it much so that was Monday so happy birthday Crystal thank you thank you (laughs) I mean how do you acknowledge something when you're getting older (laughs) it happens embrace it Mm. embrace it I'm, I'm loving it I'm ready to be a cranky old lady I'm already halfway there yeah Embrace the suck. <laughs> Embrace the suck. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's it, it was a good birthday though. Um, Jeremiah and I we went to eat at Gonzalez. Yeah. Mexican restaurant here in Homer, and then yesterday I went and scavenged around Shreveport and Bossier. Um. Of course, for my birthday freebies, some people probably don't believe in all that stuff, but that's okay. I didn't know know about it. I didn't know it was real. I didn't know it was the thing. I feel like I've wasted several birthdays not knowing, and I'm pissed about it, honestly. Well, it's not too late to sign up for your next birthday, (laughs) which is in August. Uh, It is August, right? Yes. (laughs) I was like, wait. Um, But, yeah, girl, I mean – some places I did not go to, even though I have the rewards. Um, but like, uh, nothing bunt cakes, you get a free buntlet. Um, and then of course I had to buy like the whole 12 pack sampler too. And then, <laughs> that's how they get you. Yeah. Edible arrangements <laughs> gave me a one single chocolate covered strawberry. <laughs> um, look, and I read that they give like, you know, what I read online was either a six pack or a 12 pack. And I'm like, hell yeah. And I go up there and they're like, here you go. I was like, well, that's going to piss me off, <laughs> but okay. Thank you. I mean, I can't be mad, but you know, I mean, it was a free, it was the thought that counts. They don't even have to do that. So whatever. Um, <laughs> crumble cookie. Got that. Um, Ulta beauty gives you something. And Bath and let me tell you about my little story about. Let, let me just say one story about Bath and Body Works. So, they give you a free gift as well, up to a nine ninety seven value with the purchase of anything, right? So I get in there and I'm all excited because I found all these scents that I liked and stuff like that. And I'd be damned if my damn coupon didn't want to work. And oh, no. Email. So, I mean, I logged in. It wasn't that my coupon didn't work. I logged into my email, and then I logged into my Bath and Body Works account, of course, you know, because I have to go there and select my reward. It did not want to pull it up. I even went outside, logged out, closed every window out on my phone, logged back in. It kept giving me an error. She tries to pull my phone number up by the computer, and it's like, sorry, no rewards available. And I was like, well, whatever. I mean, it doesn't expire until the end of February. I'll go back and just, you know. And get yeah. it. I'll just go to our Rustin one. And um, so I bought what I was going to buy. And I went out to the car. And I was like, let me try it again. And it pulled it up. 
<clears throat> no problems. I'm like, I'm not even going back inside. I'm just not going to do it. And then I hit up. I was like, you know what? There's a place over here. It's called Chocolate Pineapple. I just figured this out the other day by just searching, you know, just chocolate, whatever. <laughs> so, um, Googling chocolate. Yeah. And apparently, so we we found the place all the way on the other end of West Burt Coons, right? You go right across Mansfield Road from uh, Burt Coons, and where the Brooks is, you go right behind it, and there's like a, it's not a shopping center, but it's like three businesses and one little building, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, let's go in here and check. Are they even open? Because it didn't even look like they were open. I went in there, sweetest woman that that owns it. I was like, how long have y'all been here? I'm expecting, you know, like a year, two years. No, they will be there nine years in June in the same exact spot. Never knew they existed. I didn't either, but I don't ever go to Shreveport that often. I mean, I do, but I don't go. I don't know. Yeah. I'm a hermit. I don't know nothing. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm the same way. I was like, I never get over here, but I might have to start making exceptions now because she had a load of stuff. Um, when I got there, she was actually, you know, dipping more pineapple, but they had like chocolate covered pineapple, chocolate covered, um, strawberries, Oreos, different. They have like grape kebabs that are chocolate covered. And then she has like the most fantastic lemonade. It's a, it's fresh strawberry pineapple lemonade. And oh my God, that was the best shit. I've ever had ever 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 and yes I've it's a it's very addicting very I'm just gonna have to call it there one day it's a good treat yourself day for sure yeah um but I'm gonna call up there one day and see like hey can you sell me this by the gallon and maybe a gallon or two and I'm gonna bring you some because that shit was so good All my favorite things in one. I'm oh, man, like there was fresh strawberry, fresh pineapple, and lemon in the yeah. cup. Like sliced the lemon. Yeah. Mm. Anywho, oh, it was terrific. So, but that was my day yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <sighs> well, we got the the llama uh, llama 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 fundraisers about to wrap up on the ninth so we've only got about a little over a week left to get tickets sold for that um any tickets bought for that also goes towards our side our promotional side draw for mardi gras that we're doing as well it'll get you an entry yep. um both are really excellent baskets i highly i highly encourage y'all to get tickets not just for the baskets but also to help a good cause um but the the baskets are pretty awesome i'm just saying and the value i mean you can't really put a value on that anyway but if we had to guess i know that value of the basket of the um lamar basket is probably it's over 200 dollars. it has to be we got so much stuff in there yeah it's definitely worth it it's it's and it's not just goodies for you but also goodies for your fur babies and if you happen to win it and you don't have any fur babies i know of a good cause you could donate the fur baby treats too so you know lamar takes all that stuff absolutely and then plus on top of that you know even with our um 
with our Mardi Gras basket, um, I think we posted on, we did post on our group page that if, if you answer some of the questions from our last episode, shits and giggles, um, and you got them right, you got an entry. So I th- we've got one person so far. Yeah. And that was Brittany. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We got a lot of fun stuff going on in February. We've, we've been busy. <laughs> Yes, we have. <laughs> um, well, I guess we can get right to um, today's topic for today's episode. And while it's still January, it's the last day of January, February itself is Black History Month. So we thought it would be cool to spotlight some of the maybe lesser known that maybe didn't make it into history books or just some really cool people. Um, even in modern times, and you may have heard of them, you may not, but I want to talk about them because I think they're, I, they're just, I, they're badass, and that's, that's why we're calling it Badass Black History, because this is a list of badasses, and then we even have some honorable mentions. So, um, <clears throat> let's see, these are all people that have changed lives, they've saved lives, they've broken rules just to get to where they are now and it, sometimes breaking the rules is necessary um you know <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do man um they deserve a lot of spotlight and they deserve mad respect not just in february for black history but all the time and there's going to be na- you know there's it's it's really interesting to me even doing research how many people's names i did not know and so just look up for yourselves sometimes and just see lesser known history, lesser known names throughout history. And it's, it's pretty, it's just pretty cool to, to see what you find. And it's sad too, but a lot of it's really cool because there's some really, really interesting stories through a lot of this. But the first person on the list, have you ever heard of Daryl Davis? Who? Daryl Davis. I have not. Okay. Well, he's his name's Daryl Davis. He's technically a doctor now. Like, he's got a doctorate now. So, you could technically call him Dr. Daryl Davis. But he, remember when we had our Q&A and you were like, who would you want to get trapped on an elevator with? And I told you my answer just because I couldn't think of anybody. And I was like, I'm going to kick myself after this. Yeah. Or when I think Yeah. Daryl Davis is somebody I would love to be trapped on an elevator with just because he's fascinating. Um, so he was born in Chicago, Illinois, Illinois, Illinois. Um, (laughs) (laughs) he is, um, he's a musician, um, R&B blues. He, he's known for his piano playing skills. He plays, I guess you'd call it boogie woogie, but, um, he has performed with Chuck Berry, my personal favorite. He has performed with Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, he, he was pretty big into the music scene there for a while. He's also an actor. And as I said before, he's gotten his doctorate in humane letters from post university for the unique work he has done in the field of race relations. He also graduated from Howard university with his bachelor of music degree. Um, so what makes him so interesting is he is single handedly 
what's the word I'm looking for? Disbanding KKK clans. Oh. By using, by educating them, using kindness, befriending them, um, having conversations with them. And it's fascinating. Like, it all started when he was a kid. He, um, again, was born in Chicago, but his dad, the line of work that his father was in, it allowed them to travel the world. And so they moved all over the world, and he went to school with all kinds of different people, yeah. all races, yeah. all backgrounds, all religious – like, they were all together. He didn't know what racism was. He moved – they had to move back to the States when he was 10 – and when he came back to the States, it's kind of like culture shock. He didn't, he didn't realize, like he still didn't know. Yeah. And so he joined an all white Cub Scout squad and he was part of the parade and he was carrying the flag. And while they're in the parade, all of a sudden he starts getting pelted with rocks and bottles and trash and all this stuff. Aww. And his Cub Scout me- members, like all his friends formed a protective circle around him to prevent him from getting hurt and they managed to finish out the parade but when it was done he had to talk to his dad he's like what what happened what did i do wrong and that was the very first conversation he'd ever had about racism he had no idea what it was and so that affected him along with other events that took place in his life later on he just couldn't understand it and so as he got older one event in particular kind of set the page for like, it just, it just, it basically just kind of started this whole movement accidentally. Uh-huh. But he went to perform while he was in his band. He went to perform and it was an all white bar. And while he was performing or after he got done performing, this man came up to him and he was like, I haven't heard music played like that since Jerry Lee Lewis. And he's like, oh, well, that happens to be a good friend of mine. And they got to talking and come to find out the guy that was talking to him was a KKK member, Ku Klux Klan. Hmm. And by the end of the conversation, just by sitting there, getting to know one another and having a calm, rational conversation, the man denounced his membership to the KKK, no longer wanted to be a part of it whatsoever, even turned his robes and stuff over to Daryl himself as a thank you, and then set up a meeting with their grand wizard for Daryl to come and talk to their grand wizard. Now, he kept it a secret that he was black. They didn't say a word about his ethnicity. And he went in and talked to the Grand Wizard. And by the time that conversation was over, the Grand Wizard had denounced himself being Grand Wizard, <laughs> decided to leave the clan altogether. And Daryl ended up helping him walk his daughter down the aisle at his wedding. Oh, that is cool. Right. And so just with his efforts and just the um amount of work that he put in and just getting to know people and all of this stuff it is believed that he has disbanded dozens dozens of clans um he's had he's got over 30 robes that he's collected that people have handed over to him in thanks for changing their lives um they've all made huge changes it, it's just it's a huge huge accomplishment just and with no violence whatsoever it's just he just wants to 
educate and befriend. And he's basically fighting hatred with love. I mean, in a nutshell, that's what he's doing. Um, But there is a documentary on Netflix. It was aired in like 2016. Um, I had it on my computer, but my computer has done something stupid. But anyway, um, and he's also written a book about it. Um, and that that book he released in like 1998, but the the documentary was in 2016, and he also has a podcast or did have a podcast for a while, mm-hmm. and he's interviewed other Grand Wizards, other members of the clan, as well as um, people from ISIS that used to be like um, members of ISIS or people that would try to um, get you to join ISIS. Um, a lot of big name people have been on his show um, and they all at the end of the day, they're just like, you know, he, he changed our lives. And so that that's me deserves a lot of attention because yeah. that's not common, <laughs> you know. Oh, nice. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. Takes a lot of courage because even I'm, I'm white. OK, we are we're white and the KKK makes me nervous. And for me to even be nervous, knowing about it, hearing about it, knowing that it could still be going on around in certain areas, I can't even begin to fathom the fear that it puts in people of any form of ethnicity because they don't just go after black people. They go after different races. They go after different belief systems. They don't like Jews. They don't like um I mean, there was like, there's a whole list of things and they hate interracial relationships and they've got these babies and kids that they're raising up into it. And it's just, it's yeah, horrifying. It is. Yeah. It's just awful. Sickening. But anyway, I highly encourage, encourage y'all to watch the documentary. Again, it's on Netflix. Let me see if I can find the name of it on here. But um, it, it was good. And, and really, it just kind of skimmed the surface on just a few things that he did. But um, when I watched it, it was life changing. I thought it was incredible. I couldn't believe that that had actually happened. I'm shocked he doesn't have a movie after him, honestly. I can't find the name of it now. But just Google Daryl Davis and you will find out all your information. I just kind of touched on it a little bit. But there's so much that he has accomplished. So much. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to look into that, especially the um, the Netflix yeah. series or show on him that would be awesome to watch yeah he's pretty kick-ass individual I'd, I'd love to sit in a room and have a conversation with him yeah <clears throat> the next one we've got on the list I bring this one up because my husband mentioned it to me Brent he, he told me about it but also because something that took place with it happened recently um, and that is this man was awarded the Medal of Honor in 2021 after he had passed away in 2005. It was like a long awaited type thing. Um, but that Sergeant, Sergeant First Class Alwyn C. Cash, um, he was known as a soldier, soldier and a man's man. This dude here is a bad ass. Um, he enlisted in the army, in the U.S. Army, July 18th, 1989, straight out of high school. He, his, his military career and it just it just advanced so quickly. He got out and did the work. I mean, he he ended up 
like if I were to put down all of his list of accomplishments, including his awards and things, we would literally be here all night. Um, But after years of. Let's see. What was his name? I'm sorry. Alwyn C. Cash. Okay. Um, He worked his way through the ranks quickly and impressively. The accomplishments that he have he has made are incredible. After years of soldiers and military officers, family and Congress advocating and pushing, they, that's how he was able to get the, the Medal of Honor posthumously. Like they, they gave it to his wife. Um, but basically what happened was on October 17th, 2005, near Samara, Iraq, Cash's Bradley fighting vehicle was struck by an improvised explosive device. Cash retrieved his soldiers, six, six, oh my God, why? Why am I tongue tied? Six soldiers and an Iraqi interpreter from the burning vehicle, all while completely on fire himself. Covered in gasoline, burning from head to toe, and he got these people out all by himself. Um, not to mention he was dodging bullets people were shooting at him the entire time um he even once he was able to get these people out of the vehicle and get them to care he made sure that they were looked after first he wouldn't accept any care he wouldn't let anybody touch him he wanted them to be taken care of first um he ended up receiving burns on 72 percent of his body and he finally succumbed to his injuries. He passed away on November the 8th, 2005 at a Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio, Texas. <clears throat> this one, when you read more into it, you will be sobbing because it gives you all the details of the entire story. I feel like he needs a movie, too. Yeah. Um, but he already they had already given him the Silver Star post-humanity. Humanously, however you pronounce that word, I can't. After death, they gave it to him, which that's nothing to shake a stick at. And then if you look at all the other awards that he had, they're incredible. But it goes to show how much he was loved and respected because people fought constantly to get him the Medal of Honor for years. And he finally got it in 2021. And one of the biggest things about him was it's one thing from what Brent tells me and from what I've heard from other people in the military, it's one thing for you to have good things said about you, about your leaders. It's a totally different thing when your soldiers have that much admiration and respect and love for you. When your soldiers do, then that really shows you what kind of a person that you are. Yeah. And everybody loved him. So, it was just incredible the amount of fight that everybody gave for him to be able to have that for his family and for his wife and stuff. And just, I encourage y'all to look into him and just read his actual story, check into all of his accomplishments, because when you're in the military, you don't just accomplish these things quickly. It takes a lot of work and a lot of time. And he managed to get some stuff accomplished that most people his age in the military could not have gotten done. It's just, it's, it's very difficult. It was a sad story. I cried the whole time. (laughs) I cried the whole time I was reading about it. Oh, I bet. Um, 
I know you've got more. I did want to bring up one. I know me and you talked about him um, since I know this one is, is your baby. But I know whenever I mentioned this particular person, you had never heard of him. And I only recently heard of him because they actually have a movie coming out about him, which is awesome. Um, yes. And this is on Bayard Rustin. Um, he was born in 1912 in Pennsylvania, um, and he was an American civil rights activist, but he was also an advisor to Martin Luther King Jr. and was the main organizer of the March on Washington in 1963. Um, <coughs> excuse me. After he finished high school, he did some like odd jobs and he traveled widely and everything um, and obtained five years of schooling through different universities, such as City College of New York and other institutions and never took a degree. Um, he became a foe, basically what they calling a racial segregation, but a lifetime believer in pacifist agitation. He worked for fellowship. Uh, Reconciliation, which was a non-denominational religious organization from 41 to 53. And he organized the New York branch of another reformed reformist group, the Congress on Racial Equality in 1941. In 53, in 1953, and I'm going to add this on there for those who may not know who he is or may not know much on him. Um, Bayard Rustin, he was a homosexual. Mm-hmm. And in 53, he was arrested in California after he was discovered having sex with another man. He served 50 days in jail and had to register as a sex offender. Um, which is, that's just fucking wild to me, but okay. While his sexual orientation resulted in him taking a less public role, he was hugely influential within the civil rights movement. In about the mid-50s, he became a close advisor to Martin Luther King and was the principal organization of uh, MLK's Southern Christian, Christian Leadership Conference. He was later the chief architect of the march on Washington in August of 63, a massive demonstration to rally support for civil rights legislation that was pending in Congress. In 64, he directed a one-day student boycott of New York City's public schools in protest against racial imbalances in the system. He subsequently served as president of the A. Philip Randolph Institute, which is a civil rights organization in New York City from 66 to 79. And then soon he became involved in the gay rights movement. Um, and I'm going to go on to say in 2013, he was what you had said a while ago, post yeah, after death. He was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. And in 2020, He was pardoned for his 53 conviction in California from where he was caught having sex with another man and had to register as a sex offender. Um, On another note with that, because that's about all I have. I mean, like I said, there's going to be a movie coming out regarding him. 
That's awesome, though. Yeah. In the 40s is whenever he met A. Philip Randolph and worked with him on various proposed marches in Washington to protest segregation in the armed forces and the defense industry. And that's another reason I wanted to kind of hit this right after um, your last one because of the whole military. Um, And then because of their experiences together, that's when Randolph named him head of the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedoms. In 63, he was appointed as deputy director and overall logistic planner. In 47, Rustin and George Hauser, which was the executive secretary of Corps, organized the Journey of Reconciliation, which was the first of the Freedom Rods. The rods were intended to test the U.S. Supreme Court's ban on racial discrimination in interstate travel. Of course, he was arrested for violating state laws regarding segregated seating on public transportation, and he served 22 days on a gang, on a chain gang. So, yeah. Chain gang. Is that where they used to link them together and make them work? Yeah, yeah. Um, They did the the chains around them on their ankles and stuff and made them work. Yep. He served 22 days for that. With the passage of the Civil Rights Act in 64 and the Voting Rights Act in 65, his talent and his, <coughs> excuse me, and his hard work were transferred to human rights and the gay rights movement. In the 70s and 80s, he worked as a human rights and election monitor for Freedom House, and he also testified on behalf of New York's state gay rights bill. Unfortunately, on August 24th of 80 and 87 at the age of 75, he passed away from a ruptured appendix. Oh man. So there is another badass. Yes, absolutely. And what a fucking way to go. I'd be so pissed off if my appendix killed me after making it that far. Right. That's shit. Well, I'm glad they're making a movie. That's because I had no idea. I've never heard of any of that before. I've it never is. heard of him. Yeah, and like I said, I heard of the movie, and then I think it was on, it went on 2020, it may have been like ABC News, like early morning or something, that they had actually interviewed his um, partner. He did have a partner that they were together for many, 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 many years. There was a very large age difference between them. Um, between uh-huh. Baynard and his, I mean, between Rustin and his, his partner. Um, and when I say a, a big age difference, there was, who, he, so Rustin passed away in 87 at the age of 75. And his partner is still alive and maybe in his 70s. So if that tells you anything, there was probably a 40s. Yeah. I think his partner, whenever, Rustin was like in his late 40s, early 50s. His partner may have been a late teen, early 20s. Oh, wow. Large, large age gap. Yeah. But, oh, that's yeah. That's interesting. Well, I'm going to bring up MLK later as an honorable mention just because he does. We did just have MLK Day um, on January 15th and we didn't talk about him then. But, in the honorable mentions, I'm going to bring him up because of some things. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned him. I'm glad you brought him up for sure, because that's you don't think about the people working in the background for big names like that, you know. Exactly. But there, there are there are because people are big, they have people helping them get to that point. And um, I think that's really cool. That's really yeah. interesting. And, and I mean, and it's not just the like the little I mean, it is the little people, but not all of them that work behind the scenes are that big in movements like Rustin was, um, you know, with MLK. I mean, he he did a lot and he was able to big in his own right, you know? Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. That's awesome. Well, who would you say is the first black woman to ever be elected into Congress or first black woman or any woman to run for the Democratic Party for presidential nomination? Because I thought I thought that when um, I thought it was recent, honestly, my name, my, the names just went blank in my I'm, mind. I'm thinking, but well, I, I know it's not, but I'm thinking Kamala Harris and Condoleezza Rice. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, as far as women go, I was thinking it was Hillary. Um, but she's not black. But, <laughs> no, but but it just as women in general, because for what I'm going to tell you is it's any woman or black woman as well mm-hmm. um and i had no idea and i feel i don't know if i'm just completely uneducated or if i just honest to god never learned about this i had no idea but it was actually a woman called shirley chisholm she was the first black woman to ever be elected into congress she was the first black woman or any woman to run for the democratic party's presidential nomination what year was that that she ran I didn't write the date, the damn date down. Okay. Well, but um, yeah, but she also but really not only is that huge in itself, but she also survived three assassination t- attempts during her run. Oh shit! Yes. Now, how did we not know that? How did I not know that? Because the government likes to cover shit up. <laughs> <laughs> That was me slowing my voice down. <laughs> um, wow. I didn't. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to. Okay. What was her name? Shirley Chisholm? Yeah, it's C-H-I-S-H-O-L-M. Google. Got my pad. For some reason, the 70s are bumping into my mind, but I don't think that's right. Well, I wasn't born then, so probably why I wasn't there she is. Um, wow. Okay. And I had the date. I just didn't put it down. <coughs> he received the Presidential Medal of Freedom as well. And, it. yep, I was not born. In 1972, she became the first woman to seek the presidential nomination. Hmm. Hell yeah. So I wasn't too far off. I knew it was in the 70s. I was going to say 79, but 72 is much better. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, that's probably why we haven't heard of it, but still, something to be no- should be in history books. Period. Right, I would think so too. She was pretty badass, and to survive three assassination attempts—are you kidding me? Oh, shit. Yeah. That's that's freaking wild. <laughs> I know. She must have been doing something right. I will. Yeah, because she, well, she survived. That's one. She did something right. And two, 
apparently she was attempted to be assassinated, so she was pissing somebody off. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, another one on the list that I've never heard about is the 6888th Central Postal Directory Battalion. Now, this was an all-black female unit led by Major Charity Edna Adams, and they took on the dangerous task of delivering mail in 1945 to American troops and other personnel in England during World War II, braving enemy territory to make sure everything was delivered and even accomplishing their mission three months ahead of scheduled deadline given to them. Wow. Yeah, had no clue they existed. Huh. That's um, yeah, I, I just, I couldn't, I was like, why do we not have movies about any of these people? <laughs> this is pissing me off. I'm sure there's books and stuff. I hope there's books at least, but there yeah. There should be, but you know, sitting there thinking about it, like, oh, there should be in history books, but unfortunately everything in history books is only stuff that they want you to remember and half of it's fucking twisted and not even true anyway. They don't want people to know real history you know and that's yeah, yeah and that's a whole different fucking subject or topic in itself <laughs> right and see like a lot of these names they deserve so much more than just the quick little blurbs i'm kind of giving them but they deserve their own episodes they deserve deserve their own stuff because they what they do is just there's so much more to it so i'm almost doing them a disservice but I just I wanted to get as many of them in on this one as possible. But I even learned some stuff just reading through the histories, like the history of just different things that have happened yeah. um, during just the centuries. And I was just there was some stories that literally just made me violently sick to my stomach just reading them. And I'm like, how did we not know this? And those, some of those I'll, I'll save for another time. And we may have to talk about them because I'll have to. I'll have to show you what I'm talking about because you won't believe it, but we'll, we need to touch on them for sure at some point. Um, this next one on the list is Kathy, Kathy Williams. It's spelled Kathy, but it's, I believe it's pronounced Kathy. Um, but her alias was William Kathy. So she swapped her name around backwards. Um, and because, um, during the Civil War, there were, it is known that women would serve in the Civil War posing as male soldiers. I didn't even know that. Um, but Kathy was the first African-American woman to enlist and the only documented woman to serve in the U.S. Army in disguise. She served three years before being honorably discharged after they realized the truth of her identity. Like when she was she was discovered while in the hospital, she got um, she was fighting a really bad smallpox infection off and on. And so she had several hospitalizations and that's when they discovered that she was actually a woman. Um, but instead of doing something horrible to her, which I would have assumed that they would have done at the time, they gave her honorable discharge. But yeah, there was a lot of women and, and her, especially that she served for a long time and she evidently was a pretty kick-ass um, soldier. Yeah. And just wanted wanted to serve, and so she disguised herself to do it. How did I, she, that was I wonder cool. how she managed that for so many years? Because you know, in the mili- back then in the military, you know, the only time you had females were like the nurses and stuff like that. Yeah. 
but you didn't have co-ed back. Uh, hmm. I have no idea. I have no idea. And evidently it wasn't just her because they said at least over 400 did the same thing. That would be a good ass movie. Yeah. <laughs> now this one, this one, I feel like shit for not knowing about. I'm pissed I didn't know about it, and you're gonna be pissed too when you figure it out. Bass Reeves, he was a U.S. marshal, a freed slave that became a sheriff, eventually becoming a marshal. Aside from White Earp, he was the most prolific and well-known law enforcer enforcer of the time. He was known for using a Native American friend as a guide to help track criminals that would attempt to flee into Native territories. The last servant, the last warrant that he served and pursued was that of for his own son who had killed his wife. It's believed during his time in law enforcement, he arrested over 3,000 fugitives in 30 years by himself, basically. Um, he was so well respected within the white law enforcement that the other law enforcers turned down, turned the warrant down to allow Bass to handle the warrant for him, for his son himself. They wanted to give him that right to do that himself. And that was the last warrant he ever served. Um, his story is the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. Uh uh. Yes. Oh. And the Lone Ranger was always white. I know. That's why I'm over here just fucking dumbfounded. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All this time and I had no idea. And then for them for him to be just as big if not bigger than white or where's his movie? Apparently Lone Ranger was a fucking movie, but they put him as a white person, which is bullshit. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was pretty pissed about that. Wow. Now, this last one on here, as far as the list goes, before honorable mentions, is this man is not black. But I put him on the list because I just learned about him not long ago. Again, I feel like a complete idiot. But um, Abraham Lincoln gets a lot of credit for um, the emancipation of slaves. Mm-hmm. And he gets a lot of credit for his um, presidency and all the things that he did to try to abolish all of these horrible laws and things. Yeah. And he did those things. And he I'm not saying that he was a bad person, but (laughs) I found (laughs) I found out that this man, Cassius Clay, Cassius Marcellus Clay, nicknamed the Lion of Whitehall is actually the reason behind Abraham Lincoln doing the emancipation. Uh So um, this man was born into one of the wealthiest farms, planters, and slave owners and political families in Kentucky. Um, He grew up around it. He was around it his whole life. He left to go to college at Yale. And then when he came home, he was a full-blown abolitionist. He'd wanted no part of slavery. He wanted no part to do with anything like that. Um, he even came in and freed his family slaves. Now, this man's list of shit that he did is very long. It's very in-depth. He did a lot of really badass, kick-ass shit. And I'm going to try to just keep it as quick as possible. 
um, but it's a lot. Um, he went into politics immediately after fighting. He was to fight the pro-slavery constituents, including members of his own family. So he joined into politics just to piss everybody off and go oppose them, basically. Um, he had constant death threats and attempted assassinations on his life. Um, the first assassination attempt was <clears throat> somebody that was hired by one of his constituents. He tried to shoot and kill Cassius while he was giving a speech and the bullet bounced off of his Bowie knife, his Bowie knife that he had hidden in his jacket. Yeah. And so it didn't kill him. Well, to which he in turn grabbed the Bowie knife, dove onto this man, attacked him, cut his ear off, his nose off and gouged out his eyes and then picked him up and threw him off of a cliff, basically over a wall down an embankment. And he was then charged with mayhem. He, he was charged with mayhem for that, and he didn't even give a shit. Um, they shouldn't have even charged him simply because he was defending himself. I mean, right? somebody just and tried to put him shooting. That, well, see, that's the thing. is It happened several times after that, and every time that people tried to kill him, he would go and attack them. Like, he would end up killing them all, all by himself. Hey. Even after being stabbed, like at one point he was stabbed probably 13 times by a group of brothers and he picked them off one by one by himself while he was bleeding to death. But anyway, um, if that wasn't enough, he was also considered the deadliest dueler or duelist in the United States. He was all about having a good duel. If somebody pissed him off, they dueled about it. Um, so he, 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 he solved a lot of problems with that, too. Um, he created his own armored newspaper office, complete with cannons, um, to publish his anti-slavery newspaper. Um, the company was then attacked, and the print press was stolen by other people, and it was taken to Cincinnati office. So he and his new newspaper people oh. went to Cincinnati took over the Cincinnati office by fight, by force, and made that their new headquarters for the newspaper. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Yes, and this is just, this is me, like, narrowing it down and keeping it mild. Y'all have to read into this guy. Um, he was a hero of the Mexican War and tried to sacrifice his life for his men. He helped get Lincoln elected then publicly pressured him to promise emancipation. And then when, after he promised the emancipation, he basically bullied Abraham Lincoln and blackmailed him into doing it earlier than what he promised. So the emancipation was done earlier because of Cassius Clay. The emancipation in itself was all due to Cassius Clay bullying the president. Did he bully him or did he threaten to cut his ears, nose off, and gouge his eyeballs out and throw him over a cliff. Uh, it was, it was, uh, there's a little more to it than that. You'll have to read about it. But basically, it was it was blackmail and it was bullying. <laughs> so are we, sure, um, are we sure that John Wilkes Booth was actually the assassination, assassinator of Abraham Lincoln? Or did Abe Lincoln piss off this cash dude and he went back and assassinated him? I don't know, man. He was wild. 
Um, he donated his own land to the creation of Bray College, which was the first segregated college in the South for all genders and races. Um, at the onset of the Civil War, he led a group of 300 volunteers to protect the White House. He dedicated his career to the abolitionist cause, and his anti-slavery writings were influential. At the age of 89, he was assaulted by three intruders, enslaved two of them, and injured the third. Now, this is at 89 years old. And then he died of natural causes at the age of 92. Is he Chuck Norris's dad or something? Probably. Probably great grandfather. But, fun fact, you know Muhammad Ali? Yeah. His dad was actually named after this man. And so then Muhammad Ali's father passed the name down to Muhammad Ali. And so he had the same name, but he was Cassius Clay Jr. But then when he converted to Islamic faith, he changed his name to Muhammad Ali. I thought he went Muslim. A Muslim. Yes, that's what I meant. My bad. That's pretty badass. So, right there. yeah, that's that's our list of complete badasses for um, badass black history. But these are a few of our honorable mentions, and I'm going to keep these quick. Um, Dr. Re- Rebecca Lee Crumpler, she was the first black female physician and also credited as the first female physician author for her 1883 book, A Book of Medical Discourses. Mm-hmm. She brought attention to the care of children and women specifically. Tragically, the loss of her seven-year-old son likely inspired her nursing studies to begin with. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Frederick Jones. He was a self-taught inventor, and he invented the air-conditioned car and many other patents for the creation of the Thermo King Corporation. His invention saved countless lives during World War II by allowing the safe transfer of medicines and blood to battlefields and hospitals. Um, Sylvia Robinson. Now, I didn't know this at all. She was hip-hop's first grandmother. She cultivated the genre of rap when creating and producing the single Rapper's Delight in 1979. The song became the first rap single to dominate the radio radio and charts, the first rap album to sell over one million copies. Oh, wait, wait. What's her name? Sylvia? Sylvia Robinson. I'm going to have to look her damn music up. Yeah, basically, if it wasn't for her, there would be no rap. Huh. Yeah, I didn't know that shit either. Um, Madam C.J. Walker, not only the first female self-made millionaire in America, but the first black female um, with her line of hair care products that still, I want to say, exists to this day. The name brand still exists. Um, LeVar Burton, I'm giving him a shout out because in the I love PBS growing up and I loved um, Mr. Rogers and I loved um Oh, the painter dude, the dude that paints and makes the happy little trees. My mind just went blank. Um, But LeVar Burton really deserves a shout out, too, because he was the host and the executive producer of Reading Rainbow. His series ran for 23 seasons. He also pushed for the reruns to continue even after the series was over, and which they did. And he also um, came up with an app for iPads. Um, that became the number one educational app 36 hours after its release. And I want to say that was in 2012. Oh, cool. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't really care about paranormal shows very often. There's just very few that grab my attention or that I enjoy. Most of them, they just get on my nerves. Yeah. But have you heard of the Ghost Brothers? Mm. I don't think so. Okay. They are one of the few that I enjoy wholeheartedly. They are the first African-American paranormal investigation team on television. Really? What channel? They are hysterical. The Travel Channel? I love them. Uh, I think it's going to be on probably ID or Discovery. Um, And they're called what again? Ghost Brothers. Ghost Brothers. I'm going to have to look that one up, too. They're hilarious. I love them. Special shout out to Disney's Princess Tiana from Princess and the Frog. Um, Walt Disney's first black princess, also releasing a series soon called Tiana. Um, the Muses from Walt Disney's Hercules. They are the real reason we actually enjoy the, mu- the movie and, uh, and want a live action. That's my personal opinion. A lot of people believe that, too. Like, feel the same way. Yeah. I loved the Muses. Um, Edward Christopher Williams, the first professionally trained black librarian in the U.S. and an expert in bibliography. One of the first black men to join the American Library Association. Hmm. Um, Phyllis Wheatley, the first African-American writer to publish a book in the United States, born in Senegal, put up for sale in Boston at seven years old. Her first name given to her was given to her the name phyllis came to her because of the ship that she came over on and wheatley was the name of the slave that bought her at 13 she had started writing poems in english language no one believed she was the author at 20 years old she was questioned in a court full of men lengthy examination reciting bible scriptures and other writings to prove she had not copied the writings the court finally approved her to be truthful and acknowledge the release of her book. Oh, wow. Yeah, her story's heartbreaking. I didn't get into it in depth, but Phyllis Wheatley, she's worth reading about. And it'll make you cry, but it'll also make you proud of her. And that's the last of the honorable mentions on the list. So, okay. um, <laughs> I was trying to speed through it. <laughs> so I had a lot. Aren't you going to mention MLK? Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to mention them. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, he gets a lot of spotlight. And again, January 15th was MLK junior, like his day. Yeah. And, um, he deserves it. I love his speeches. I love what he had to say. It's very inspirational. It's, it all deserves utmost respect and gratitude for sure. What I did not realize was how much he was surrounded he and his family were surrounded in conspiracy um and you know we talk about that here from time to time it's some conspiracies and so i'm sharing this information for y'all to look into should you want to but sadly we all know he was assassinated now his family did not believe that the person convicted of the crime was the person that actually killed him um in fact they took the fbi to court over it and filed suit and they won so take that with you as you will yeah another fact i found out was 
uh, Martin Luther King Sr., his father, had several assassination attempts on his life, one of which being held hostage by the actor Samuel L. Jackson back when he was an extremist and uh, a political extremist, I guess you'd call him. Um, he eventually saw the error of his ways. Nothing happened to Sr. at that point, but um, after that, Samuel L. Jackson actually decided to go into performance arts and use his voice in that way instead. There's more to it than that. Again, read about it. Yeah. I also did not know that Martin Luther King's mama was assassinated six years after him by another extremist that came in to the church where she was playing the organ and killed her as well as the pastor there. Mm. And then his brother, A.D. King, also died. But they say that it's under suspicious circumstances. Many feel like it was an assassination as well. Jesus. So, yeah, I really now his father, Martin Luther King Sr., did live for a very long time. He died of natural causes um, in his late 70s. But the majority of his family has conspiracy surrounded and his family has been very vocal about what they think has happened. And they still are activists and things like that. And they still try to honor all of their names. But I had no clue the amount of people in his family that were killed. So if y'all want to, I, I, I think that y'all should look into that if that's the type of stuff that you're interested in and also just to know about it because, again, had no clue. Right. <clears throat> They're about as cursed as the Kennedys. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I couldn't believe it. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. But these were some definitely, definitely some great shout outs to some of the lesser known but badass um, people, you know, for Black History Month. Um, Yeah, they definitely deserve a lot more recognition than they've been getting or have received. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm actually going to buy Daryl Davis's book soon. Um, I've been looking for it and I haven't been able to find it, but I'm determined to, to find it so I can read it. And, um, I'm going to do some more digging on a lot of different history for this month too, just, just for my own knowledge, because I learned a lot just by this research from this specific one. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look into definitely like Sylvia Robinson, first rapper. I want to listen to her music if I can. Hopefully I'll be able to find it. Because um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought so, too. And one of the things that inspired her was just where she lived at, hearing the music that was coming from the streets, from the people in the neighborhood in her area and stuff. And she just kind of picked up on that. And that's kind of what inspired her to do it. And it's just turned into a whole genre in itself and one that we all love. I mean, I love it. Yeah, that's (laughs) definitely Sorry, I was kind of reading over some of our stuff that we have, like future episodes and everything. My apologies. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, um, I know. She's falling asleep on me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so yeah, we want to definitely just remind everybody with our, um, Lama Valentine's Day raffle or basket giveaway. $5 a ticket. You can get five tickets for 20. Information is on our Facebook. Um, plus we've been sharing it, you know, on a pretty daily basis, but we're doing the drawing on the 9th. So we're about, what are we, a week out now? Well, Friday will be a yeah. week. <clears throat> yeah. Um, that we'll be doing that drawing. And then the following week, we'll be doing our Mardi Gras basket giveaway. So y'all definitely get out there, check out. If you're not on our Facebook group, get on there and join. Just answer the questions. Um, we just want to make sure that we're not getting scammers or robots <laughs> in there. Mm-hmm. Aliens. We never know. Um, I don't mind aliens. I'd rather alien than scammers. It just depends on the alien. Um, <laughs> some may not be so well. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, but yeah. Um, so if you're listening to us from whatever country you're in, whatever state you're in, come join our Facebook group. The more the merrier. You'll find a lot of our um, information there as far as um, upcoming episodes and raffles that we're doing. I know that these last two, the Lamont and Mardi Gras, our last ones for a while. Um, not saying we're not doing any more, but there will be. We need a break. Yeah, we will have another um, in several more months, but we'll release details on that at a later date. Um, because with between these two, we have. It's worn our asses out, basically. Um, <laughs> it is it has kicked our ass. So we still have tickets for Lamar. Please, y'all, reach out, purchase one. You can message Natalie. You can message me. I've actually posted our Venmo and our Cash App on our Facebook group. So all you have to do is just go in there and scan it, you know, or whatever. Um, click the link, go in there, purchase a ticket, and just put in the comments, and we'll make sure we fill out the ticket for you. That way we can do the drawing on the 9th. Um, again, for Mardi Gras, if you want an extra entry for that you know scroll down our feed in the facebook group and answer the questions that we posted from our last episode for shits or this episode four for shits and giggles um which did we do gypsy rose last i think yes we did gypsy rose last yes so (laughs) the one where i sound like a robot because of bad service oh it's all right (laughs) i did watch the 2020 um on gypsy rose that they recently released and that was pretty good it was interesting they hit on some things that we did not and we hit on some things that they did not so there was some more information that was added into that as well um still puts me heavily on that fence though um i wasn't at first i was kind of like yeah i mean i was on the fence yes but I'm more now on the fence than I was before. I'm just dangling. Um, thing, I don't know. It, it's Watch it. If you listen to our episode, at least go watch the 2020 thing on her that they just released because it was, it was interesting. And, yeah. But other than that, um, 
I know we still have our booze, boobs, beads, and babies episode. Next, next recording. Yes, yes. And then we will have, after that, we will have our, um, <laughs> Cupid wings and dinglings. <laughs> Take that how you will. <laughs> and then we've got our twisted hearts, part one and part two. So. It's going to be a good month. It's a good month of shows this month. Good content, I feel like. Yes. I feel pretty good about it. Oh, absolutely. And I know we've got our March <laughs> topics, um, but we will not release the names of those shows yet. We're still in the works on those namings. So with that, I think this was a pretty good this was a pretty good episode. Um, I'm proud of it. I know you are. Yes. Anything else? You I'm proud to... of learning. Yeah. I love learning. I yes. Just, I just need to say that. I have really been enjoying researching and learning as much as I possibly can. Y'all just, y'all just Google some shit. Just Google, you know, lesser known black historians or black, lesser known black history. You would be mind blown. Yeah. Just you do mind blown. There's there's things that we should know. We should have learned some of this shit in school, big events, historical events that if it weren't for other podcasters or documentaries or just happening up on something accidentally on the Internet, we would have never known about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Pisses me off. <laughs> so if it pisses me off, I can't imagine how it makes. Other. The black community. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Exactly. So, anyway. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> but we love you guys. We do. We do. <laughs> None of this would be possible without our listeners. That's right. I mean, we would still be recording, but, you know, I mean, we'll just be recording for the air to listen to us, I guess, or the aliens, whoever. Um. <laughs> So, is there anything else that you wanted to hit on before we? No, end I'm good. Today's episode. That's a wrap. That is a wrap. We'll wrap it up, you guys. We appreciate y'all. Um, thank y'all, especially our loyal listeners. Um, those that continuously download our episodes each week. You know, we really do appreciate everybody. Um, we hope after the release of this one that we're, we'll have some more states, um, maybe another country or two. That would be great. Um, so feel free to share us. Please share us. The more the merrier. Get our names out there. We want to be famous. Don't y'all want to know famous people if you don't already? Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, yeah, I'm going to shut up now. Um with that being said, thank you guys for listening to us, Two Moms and the F-Bomb. I am Crystal. I'm Natalie. And y'all have a good night. And I'm, hold on a minute. I'm trying to figure out my phone right now. She lied. Yep.